Hey, ringers. Welcome to episode 62 of the Puerto Rayana podcast. Man, you guys are going to be so much more in touch with your lives and and how it, and and this is this is an episode that's really for building up the excitement about weddings not just uh not just micro weddings but i feel so filled with joy and so um excited after this episode specifically talking with alisa tong who's this amazing celebrant but also um runs this amazing property called promise ridge and you're just going to be blown away by the end of this episode you'll even see uh that i like there's a point where i I was just like questioning everything about my life after talking with Elisa, who's absolutely amazing. <laughs> what is that? Existentialism? Oh, I think I added too many syllables. Y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I do weddings, not words. Yeah, it's, um, I'm, I'm so excited to do this episode. I hope that everybody listening really finds a lot of um, value from it, even if you're not really planning a micro wedding, which we get into really what that means and, and all of that. But there's a lot to sort of um, listen to and digest in this episode. So with that yeah. said, um, if you are not yet a Patreon supporter, of our podcast, we definitely invite you to sign up and join our community because I would love to unpack this idea a lot further and have even deeper yeah. discussions with you guys on the Patreon page. Um, if you haven't signed up yet, patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I is where you can do that. You can sign up for as little as two bucks a month. We have all kinds of amazing benefits in there, but I am just very excited. This is a topic near and dear to my yep. heart. We get into why in this episode. Um, and I'm just excited to hear your y'all's y'all's thoughts on this, um, <laughs> our dear ringers. So, without further ado, let's jump in. Hey, ringers! I'm Danielle, and I'm Dan. This is the Put a Ring on It podcast. We are two wedding pros sharing everything we can about planning a wedding. You ready? Let's do this. And we're live. Dan, we're not live. Stop saying that. <laughs> no, never going to stop saying that. We're live here with Alisa Tong. Guys, we are going to be talking about something that is so near and dear to my heart today. Um, Alisa is our beautiful guest that we have. And when I say beautiful, if you guys are watching, um, if you're Patreon supporters and you're watching the video, you 100% agree. Um, but yes, of course, <laughs> she's blowing us kisses. So, Elisa, let's just let's just dive in. I want to start with you telling us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and the um, this beautiful spot that you are currently at. Sure. Uh, my name is Elisa Tong. I am a celebrant. I write and perform ceremonies for people, ceremonies that are specifically written for and about the people who have gathered for a ceremony. Um, weddings are the ceremony that I do the most often, and they're the easiest one for people to understand what my role is, because weddings are part of everyday life. Um, I am the officiant in a ceremony. And um, I write ceremonies with the couple ahead of time, weeks before their their wedding date, um, that features their love story, the values that they have as a couple, um, the heritage that from their families, um, and weave it all together in such a 
that it makes sense of who yeah. they are as a couple moving forward, what kind of family they're hoping to have themselves and the um, how their family fits into the larger context of the families that um, they're coming from. So um, I create the heart of a wedding, which is awesome. an actual ceremony. Yeah. And, and it, it, oh, go ahead, Daniel. Well, no, go ahead, Dan. Um, yeah, if uh, I got to work with Elisa for the first time last February, I think that was the first time. Um, yes. And if it, you you never quite understand what it's like to have a real celebrant presiding like like Elisa, who takes time to understand who the couple is and about their story, and like all these things she's saying are not just like they're. When when she was telling the story of Lauren and Sean, I just remember being like like almost forgetting that I had a job to do, right? Like you just get lost in the fact that like when somebody's a good order, it's like it's helpful. But when they also know about who they're speaking, imagine that as the person who's presiding over your wedding that's able to tell your story. It takes it to a whole different level. So sorry, I just wanted to like gush on you for a second and say how it, it, baller status you are. <laughs> Thank 100%. you. Well, I've been thinking about that wedding, Lauren and Sean's wedding. What an interesting, amazing, stylish couple. And mm-hmm. Dan, I've been waiting for all the glamour photos that you took. Hey, I, I when sent can a couple, I expect those? I sent a couple like like two days after the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I, so anyway, amazing couple. But I'm sure you guys see. I mean, I don't get to see what it's like to be at a wedding where they're not centered on the story of the couple because all the weddings that I'm going to are doing that. But you guys get to see how um, couples choose to weave their story into all different parts of um, their celebration leading up to and during and afterwards. So um, thank you for that compliment. That means a lot. Right. And I think we have um, a lot of people out there who are similar to me in the sense where you probably very much identify as being introverted. And the thought of someone standing up and telling all of these people all about your love story can almost feel like a very vulnerable thing, right? But it's something that when done well and done when done by a person like Elisa, who is very good at storytelling, it doesn't feel like it's someone standing up and just 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 exposing your your deepest darkest secrets it's someone who is very um very well trained and and educated on telling a beautiful story so much so that your guests get so wrapped up in just what's being told and just have they walk away from the ceremony with a much deeper understanding of who you are especially if you only know one side of the couple right you have this suddenly beautiful um foundation and background to what's going on and it doesn't feel uh like okay let's spend a half hour to just talk about us now because if you're not a person who really enjoys that spotlight it can be tough but i think Uh it's safe to say and i think to use lauren and sean as a perfect example they were not two people who wanted the spotlight it's why they chose to go the route of wedding that they did which we're going to talk about here in a second they wanted something very very small very intimate and very private to who they were and it was it was beautiful and it was well suited to them so i think when we talk about this stuff um to not immediately put up your guard if this is something that 
these are thoughts that are going through your head. You may be, you know, a person like Dan who's listening, um, where you just love when people talk all about you all day long. But I, I think there's different levels to it. And I think when you find somebody who's really good at it, it makes a really, really big difference. Now, with that said, Alisa, you also um, have a piece of property that I would argue is probably one of the prettiest pieces of property in Pennsylvania called Promise Ridge. So uh, in um, the theme of today's episode, will you tell us a little bit about this this beautiful piece of earth that you have here in your backyard, yes. literally? <laughs> so it is my backyard. Um, so I would just like to finish what oh, go ahead. you sure. were just talking about. When I write a story for a couple, um, it's not just like somebody's bachelor party toast um, or a toast at their reception, which is more focused on who the giver of the toast, their perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, I am trained professionally to be a neutral sort of narrator's voice Mm. when I do a ceremony. Um, and I know what is appropriate to add into a wedding ceremony story. Not every detail that a couple will share with me about um, their time together is appropriate to share on that stage. Um, It helps me understand who they are. So it helps um, to fill that in. But that is something, especially people who might be more private or introverted, feel um, very safe knowing that they can trust what I am going to pull and reflect back out to people about them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that is something that is attractive and it seems kind of counterintuitive because you'd assume someone who is private is not going to want to have anyone talking about them at all, but to have something carefully crafted um, that reflects the best of you and the best of your hopes is, yeah, I hope more people start to do that. Me too. So, um, um um, I had a couple come up to my house after their big wedding ceremony. They So here in Pennsylvania, there's a three-day waiting period from when you apply for your marriage license to when it becomes valid. And they had waited too long to go to the courthouse. Oh. And um, so their license wasn't valid um, the day before when I performed their public ceremony in front, mm. in front of everyone. So I had to switch out some of the language so that I wasn't breaking any laws when I officiated that. So they came up to my house the next day and were in my dining room and we were just going to do the legal part of their ceremony now that their marriage license was valid. And um, we're just about to start signing it. And I was like, wait, let's don't start your legal married life in my dining room. (laughs) I live in the Pocono Mountains. I live on the edge of this beautiful cliff that overlooks Cherry Valley and the Appalachian Trail Ridge that leads into the Delaware Water Gap. And let's just go outside and we'll just do the very simple legal ceremony, but in this beautiful space instead. Tie yourself to this view instead of, you know, some randoms (laughs) dining room. So we went outside and it was just very lovely. Um, and people started to ask to elope here. People sometimes people just want to have something very simple, stripped down, but beautiful and inspiring visually. And so I started letting people do very simple elopements here on the back. I built a living wall 
in between um, these four beautiful old trees. And um, every spring I would plant it. So it's just this automatic built-in crazy, gorgeous backdrop for ceremonies. Um, there's a platform built between these four trees and you look out over this incredible ridge. Um, then people were like, well, can we bring some guests with us? You know, we want to have our parents there and our siblings. I was like, okay, well, it's the natural edge of a cliff. So 10 people tops, like, cause it's uneven it. ground. And um, for a while it was standing room only. Um, because there wasn't any place to put chairs down in a row that would be level, right? And so yeah. um, it had that very kind of a upstart sort of pop-up feel, pop-up in nature sort of feel on the edge of the ridge. Um, then we built this threshold, okay, as a celebrant. I love symbolism and ritual and all that kind of stuff. And um, we built this threshold that you walk through to go out to the ceremony space. And it was so interesting to see when people would arrive, they'd walk through the garden up the hill towards the ceremony space, and they would stay on this side of the threshold, right? I was like, no, go, go through. Like they knew that there was something very special about walking through this sort of like door, this frame that had been set up in the middle, um, of that space. And so, you know, they would walk through and you would feel like you're in a different place, even though it's the same piece of land, right? Yeah. Um, just like when you're doing a ceremony, when you're filming a ceremony at um, a hotel or at a farm, when a couple has set up an arbor or an arch or some sort of visual thing there that differentiates their ceremony space from everything else, that's what that threshold did for, oh, people just changed. They stood up a little bit straighter when they walked through it. Um, and then this past year, um, in August, we built this infinity deck. This was inspired very much by Frank Lloyd Wright's um, Falling Water House, uh -huh. where my children and I did a mid-Atlantic road trip for the summer. And that was one of our stops. And oh my gosh, we were all just crazy for how that architecture plays with inside being outside and outside being inside. Um, and so, um, yeah, we built this incredible infinity deck um, that looks toward the ceremony space. And that for the first time allowed us to put rows of chairs. So there's huh. like a flat, stable place, people um, with all sorts of mobility um, levels of um, ability have been able to access that and then um, be safe there. Um, we were able then to say, okay, you could have like a space for everyone safe. Um, and I had some friends over for a little dinner party, blue hour, end of July, to christen sort of this infinity deck. And I put a picture up, of course, on Instagram. And all <laughs> of my couples were like, wait, can we stay after our ceremony and have dinner there as well, right? So um, that's been something that we've been just slowly kind of growing based on what people are asking for. So okay. we're right now in the middle of 
building a pavilion also on the edge of the ridge on the backside. Um, I bet you didn't know you'd have a big reveal like that, Danielle, today. (laughs) My eyes just got huge. (laughs) That will be so that people can have a family style dinner um, looking at the same incredible view um, that will be covered, though. So you don't have to worry about the weather. Wow. Holy moly. (laughs) But it's just... Can it yeah, be like an Airbnb? Can I just like come up there and like rent out the space to just like hang out in? I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I'm just messing There's, with you. Uh, Dan, I've done the amazing. research. There's actually a ton of Airbnbs. Well, not a ton, but a good amount of Airbnbs nearby. <laughs> so okay. just All an right, FYI on that. So um, we're going to share um, more about Promise Ridge in the show notes. And at the end of the episode, we'll talk about all the ways that you can find it. Um, because, guys, this is a place that, if anything, you just need to look at and admire and like fill up your soul a little bit with this beautiful space. Um, it is absolutely one of a kind. And I'm so excited to hear about this pavilion thing. Anyway, uh, we'll talk more about that later. But I want to get into this idea of micro weddings mm-hmm. because A, I think it's a buzzword and you know it, it is what it is. But I really feel as though this um, smaller intimate version of traditional weddings that we're seeing are becoming more popular than perhaps we've ever seen before or at least more celebrated than they were before. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was... Um, it was looked at as like, oh, you're only doing a really small wedding. And now it's it's becoming this beautiful thing. Um, I honestly feel, yes, intentionalism. We talked about that in the episode about trends and all that. But um, I am curious, Alisa, to hear your thoughts on micro weddings. Which, yes. wait, actually, before we jump into that, if you haven't yet to our ringers listen to the episode we did on wedding trends for 2019 and 2020, we uh, we briefly touched on this and you can um, find a very hilarious situation where Dan learned what micro weddings were and that they did not involve um, very miniature Tiny sized forks. forks. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so back to you, Elisa, uh, micro weddings. Yes. So. Maybe it was two summers ago. um, I got interviewed by the New York Times Mm. about micro weddings. What is a micro wedding, and how do you how do you do this? And um, yeah, my parents were very proud of me on that day, the day that I did my interview. But that that was um, I I could maybe point back to that New York Times article as a big turning point for the term micro weddings moving forward when there's a lot of other hashtags that people were using like intimate wedding and tiny wedding. Um, But yeah, micro weddings just seems to resonate with people all over the place. Um, It's not, it's not necessarily a low budget wedding. Um, It's a wedding where it's, um, a very controlled guest list. Um, people who you invite to your micro wedding are your inner circle, yeah. not like the one A, one B, second layer. <laughs> it's your inner. It's your inner circle, and they're people who are rooting for you in life. They're absolutely on your side. Right. So, as a person, um, I have grown up my entire life feeling that an elopement was probably the most romantic way personally yeah. that mm-hmm. you can get married. Right. Yes. Um, and as a person who has 
now crossed into the threshold of having the title of bride and getting engaged. It's very exciting, but I've still held true to the fact that to me, the most important, the most romantic thing is an elopement. But Mm -hmm. uh, in my family, um, I would be doing a very selfish thing by eloping and not including namely my mom, dad, and sister in in that aspect of mm-hmm. my life. Yeah. And not to say is I do things for them, but it's it's important for me to recognize as the type of person I am that um, what they feel and how they experience this is as equally important to me as how I go through this. So for my fiance, Mike and I, I get to say that, and that's really cool to me. Um, (laughs) We have both came to the agreement that a micro wedding is the perfect thing for us because neither of us, as much as we love our extended family and all of our beautiful, wonderful friends that are in our lives, we don't want that day to to go that route. We want to make it really intimate, really small, and just include these these most important people in our life. And for us, that equals about 15, 20 people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because, um, because we've sort of come to this agreement, I have absolutely gone down a rabbit hole of just learning as much as I can and, and, and trying to understand as much as I can about how this works. And like you said, Elisa, it's not about we're not what we in particular aren't going this route to save as much money as we can. Mm-hmm. We're doing it to create a very intentional and beautiful experience for the most favorite and most important people in our lives who mm-hmm. we know really want to be part of this moment with us. And we kind of are going into this with how can we spoil them in a way that they're going to really enjoy, we're going to really enjoy, and just create this really memorable day for just those people. And because we are not trying to cater to a guest list of 150, 200 plus, not that there's anything wrong with that, but because we're able to just um, focus on these people, we're able to sort of splurge in different ways that we wouldn't financially be able to on a larger scale, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It does make sense. And that's one of the reasons why um, Thursdays were my biggest day for people to have micro weddings here at Promise Ridge oh. last year. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I offer low season pricing. And I know that a lot of other vendors, um, photographers, filmmakers, maybe even caterers, um, they're offering also incentive prices. So you're able to, if you can um, wrangle your group of 15 people to go to your micro wedding on a Wednesday, Instead of a Saturday, you will most likely be able to afford some dream vendors where maybe you would have one dream vendor if it was a Saturday that you were Mm -hmm. looking at. So I definitely see people getting really smart about what they want the experience to be like and then looking at, oh, all of these things are available and possible to me if I do it on a Wednesday with your four couples in your family, that's not right. hard for people to put the time in their schedule and take off of work and make that. a long weekend out of it. So, Right. And especially if it's a situation for some of us um, that are, are in the generation of we're planning weddings, our parents might be retired, so they have much more flexible travel arrangements. Mm-hmm. If they're still working, though, it's their, it's their daughter or son getting married. They're 
they're going to easily be able to take off that Sunday or I'm not Sunday that like that Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever it is to come join you for this much easier than trying to have 150 people accommodate their schedules around you, right? Like your parents and siblings are going to make it happen. How far in advance are you looking? Danielle. Danielle is not sure. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because now that uh, you have just shared this pavilion aspect of things, (laughs) I have been the world's biggest admirer of Promise Ridge for as long as I can possibly remember. But the thought of having something outside and all of that terrifies the living snot out of me on a personal level. I know how to handle it professionally, personally, not so delicately. So, um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, now everything is changing inside my head, but that that said, I, we have literally no timeline yet. We have, um, a lot of things going on in our lives now that we're focusing, uh, that first. Mm -hmm. And we just have, we basically have just agreed that, oh, it's going to be small and we'll figure it out soon. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. that's as far as we've got. Yeah. I think that you doing it like that, prepares you to have the most joy out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of get, getting anxious and putting all of these, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Dan, what am <laughs> I thinking? If you put too many um, expectations on you of how it should be, and right. I'm sure that that's harder for you since this is your profession, right? Mm-hmm. Planning. Um but yeah, if you could separate yourself from that, yeah. you'll and just enjoy the experience of um, making these decisions and discoveries together. I think that the two of you will really enjoy yeah. the process. I, I think that's a big part of it because this is what I do, right? I love planning um, and putting together events so that my couple can fully enjoy the day itself. I don't Mm. know how to turn that off personally. Mm -hmm. So it is something that, and maybe that's just something that'll become as I get older, who knows, but it's something that I know and from past experience that um, I am still going to be Danielle Pasternak that day and I'm not going to suddenly not have the same anxieties and thoughts and worries Mm -hmm. that I do every other day of my life. If Mm -hmm. anything, they're only going to be heightened. So I have to create a day with along with Mike that makes the most sense for us. And if I have, you know, 15, 20 people that I'm trying to make happy and trying to make sure has this beautiful experience, it is much easier for me to digest and handle that than trying to accommodate 150, 200 people Mm -hmm. and all of the factors that come along with it. So, and I, I, I sort of want to talk about this experience side of things because when we think of this traditional wedding with, you know, a a couple hundred people and whatever it is, I guess we're just using averages. But when you think of a traditional wedding, right, it normally has there's the ceremony and then there's a cocktail hour and then there's, you know, some formalities and then a dinner and then maybe some more formalities and then dancing and all these things. It usually ends up being a five, six hour event, give or take, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So what I love about micro weddings is you can, you don't have to, Um, stretch it out over the same bit of time. If you want to have this full meal with, 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 with seven courses and all this stuff, that can be your quote unquote reception. You don't Mm -hmm. have to bring in a DJ or a band and also, okay, well now we also have dancing. You can just have this amazing, intimate, beautiful, tasty dinner. Desire. They want this dinner party, um, experience when they're thinking of just their inner circle they don't want to have 
that separation of you're at this table and you're at that table. They want to all be together. They want it to feel like I love that. an elevated holiday meal with their family, mm. right? But it's the holiday is this day. Right. Um, you're the reason for the season. <laughs> <laughs> that, felt, that felt pretty big right there for a second, right? That the holiday is, is their day, right? Like it's an elevated holiday meal. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, that resonates with me just because I love the holidays because I feel like we're all so freaking busy all the time. That's like, oh, the holidays are coming up. I get to see my family or whatever. And think, uh, thinking back to my wedding, it's like, all right, well, there was 150 people there. And don't get me wrong, like it's still one of the most amazing days of my entire life. It's awesome. Yeah. But, you know, pictures ran over time um, and we didn't get into the cocktail hour and we didn't get to talk to people as much as we wanted to. And, you know, people are there and they're giving you gifts and money and you feel like you need to go and say hi to them. And you want to have an hour long conversation with mm-hmm. every single person there, but you just can't do that on a wedding day. And so somewhat there's like there can be a little bit of guilt afterwards. It's like, oh, I wish I would have just done this or that a little more. And I love that this kind of strips down all that stuff. And it, it's not without its own problems. Right. Like, I'm sure there's some, you know. Uh, concessions that you have to make with a micro wedding. But I also love that it's just like, okay, here's my people. I get to have this like very intentional time with them where I can just connect with people on a real basis. It's about the real connections there with people rather than it being for the show of it all. Yeah, you know? no performance. Yeah, right? yeah. It's just connection. Oh, man. So the thing that... I, (laughs) the thing that I notice is one of the challenges of a micro wedding for the experience of the couple is because it's such a tight knit group. It, unless you're very um, intentional about carving out space for yourself to have private time, Mm. it's very hard to get into the mental um, of like, okay, this is, I'm about to get married, you know, like, let me think, let me be in this moment. Um, if Nana and mom and the <laughs> cousin is running around and they're all trying to help you. Um, oh. if you're having a big w- traditional wedding, you have someone like Danielle, right. Who's setting up natural buffers where everyone who's getting off the shuttle is not expecting to talk to you right before you walk down the aisle, right? So there isn't that sort of in, um, there isn't that sort of buffer when you're just with your family. You know how, I mean, Mm -hmm. the, the negative part is like, you know how it is when you go home for Thanksgiving, right? Like everyone goes into their natural roles that you have in your family. So, um, what I recommend to people when they're getting married here at Promise Ridge is that they plan to arrive first Mm. and then ask their family to have them arrive 30 to 60 minutes after that so that they have some private time to just think about it, to put on the final preparations of getting ready, maybe do a first look um, or private portraiture. Um, and then when the family comes, they're going out to the ceremony space and will not be coming into here, the mural room, which is where, um, my couples tend to, um, you know, take some formal portraits and just have some private time away from the ceremony space. So that, that's the only thing that that I see, um, as a potential issue. And it's not hard to be smart about how you make your day so that you have some autonomy from the rest of your very close knit group. 
Right. I think it's about still maintaining a certain level of selfishness that um, while you are are creating this day um, for 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 everyone, quote unquote, uh, you still are remembering, like I said, the reason for the season, right? The reason that you're all here. And I think uh, to think of it like Thanksgiving is such a good good point because um for me i love thanksgiving it's probably one of my favorite holidays hands down because it's just so much about getting together food there's no gifts there's no anything mm. else it's just time together over well there's probably Thanks. the fact that there's mashed potatoes and corns <laughs> <laughs> certainly not a it's certainly a perk um but yeah so it's all of this, but I do leave Thanksgiving, which which happens at my mom's house, um, and she does a beautiful job. But I leave exhausted, right? Because you've you've put your energy into everybody else that day, and I think um, maybe maybe I should nap. That's what everybody does, right? But it's <laughs> napping is not allowed in my mom's house. But I think it's <laughs> one of those. Yeah. Nope. Never. What? You are not allowed to nap at my mom's <laughs> unless you are sick. That's the only time okay. you get a pass. My mama right. is the most amazing human, but strict on the nap front. Okay. So uh, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, but you're right. You leave. You leave with a certain amount of e- exhaustion, or at least like, whew, you know what I mean. Like you kind of sleep hard that intense. night. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think if you are are looking at that similarly with your wedding day to to have that foresight or that knowledge going into it to go, we need to make sure we plan whatever amount of time that we can for just us, right? Where we can just be very um, in the moment and aware of what's about to happen without feeling like we also have to manage everybody else's emotions and all of that. I think that's super smart. Yeah, there's, um, I'm pretty sure I've harped on this plenty of times before in different episodes, but um, in the Jewish religion, right after the ceremony, there's this thing called the Yukid, where it's, you know, traditionally it was to consummate the marriage and all these different things. But like so many couples do it now where it's just like a thing that they do. They just they take 10, 15 minutes immediately following the reception. Everybody knows. No, no, no. You don't talk to them. You leave them alone. And so many of my couples who do that, they just like I love that like wedding day timeout. Right. Like, why can't we all take that 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 wedding day timeout for for the two of them since you're going to be pulled in 100 different directions, whether it's. 10 people or 150 people take that time just for yourself to just allow allow yourself to just get lost in it and, and like sit and be very, it's almost like meditating with another person, right? Like sit there and like hold their hands and like, like, you know, you can hold somebody's hands, but then you can, you can, you know, rub your hands over top of them and, and really just get lost in the fact that like, these are the hands that, you know, Mm. will be holding yours for however long. And I don't know. I just think that that's, something that we could all use a little bit more of even outside of weddings, but specifically with weddings, just, just taking a little bit of that time. Um, and like you said, Elisa, just being a little bit more intentional about when people show up and building that time for the two of you. And I think the day will be all the better for it. hundred percent. I get a lot of people asking, cause maybe they have 50 people or 70 people who they want to have at their wedding, but they really want to do it here at Promise Ridge, right? Because whatever, they've seen a picture, they've seen something online and it resonates with them. And, you know, our maximum here is 20 people. It's not for 70. Um, And they ask, is there another place that you would recommend that similar vibe, right? Um, I would love it if you guys could tell me if you do find a place that's similar (laughs) to it. Because um, I... I think about what makes Promise Ridge so special and it's it was created for ceremony. 
Mm. Ceremony isn't the after where it's like, okay, they're going to come here for dinner. And then, oh, you could set your ceremony up over here on, on the patio. It was created as a ceremony space and it slowly expanded to have other features that people want to have in their celebration. And so when people are interested in having that super romantic elopement experience or this intense, also romantic um, micro wedding experience, other things in the ceremony, um, not in the ceremony, in the wedding celebration get a second look, right? They decide, do we really need um, a dance floor or do we need a first dance? Okay, maybe we'll just do one dance. Mm -hmm. um, do we need this? Do we need that? Um, if you're going to do something like a micro wedding or an elopement, I think that people need to have more um, insight, more attention to the actual ceremony. That part gets more elevated as like, this is the reason why we're coming together, right? So it shouldn't yeah. be an afterthought. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't think that that's a very profitable way to build a business, right? <laughs> um, but because of that, um, because of my view as a celebrant, it's, that's what the fruit of this is, right? This yeah. place like Promise Ridge. Right. So as you're, as you're talking about this stuff, um, something you just said hit me in, there are certain traditions uh, with weddings that I think uh, everybody personally sort of gravitates to. Some people love the cake cutting. Other people love the first kiss. Um, for me, the part that always chokes me up at a wedding is the parent dances, specifically the father-daughter oh. dance. Um, I think there are people um, who are planning weddings who unfortunately no longer have their parents uh, in their lives, which breaks my heart. Um, and my heart goes out to them. But how do you, have you seen a good way to still... Uh, have that parent dance moment or if you're like really want to have this first dance without having a full-blown dance floor because obviously it's just two two people right but have you seen a beautiful way of that still happening without it being like okay now I'm gonna dance with my dad uh over here like have you seen a, an interesting way of that no it's just integrated into the flow of events so right. I've had people I've had people do a first dance on the infinity deck with everyone kind of standing on the edges of it. And it looks like they're dancing off, you know, on the edge of this cliff. Um, things that are important to you, you figure out a way where it makes sense and you just do, you do it. It's not awkward. You don't have somebody, you know, some random coming in going, all right, everybody, now we're going to do this. <laughs> you know, it's like you're with your family and it's like those moments right after the ceremony and you see, Maybe you see your dad and, um, you know, somebody presses play on the speaker or whatever. And, or you've had, or if you hired an um, acoustic musician and you've made an arrangement that they would play whatever song and you could still have those sweet moments without the show of it. You don't need a spotlight right. on you. Right. Yeah. So it's your, your, when we talk about um, maybe negatives or things to think about before uh, whichever route you go down, I think uh, it's easy to say, oh, but then I can't do this. Chances are you probably can. You just have uh -huh. to find uh, a unique way to go about it that makes sense uh, and is 
it, it feels like it's it's part of the day, not just like, okay, um, now we need to check the box of, okay, mm-hmm, now we did mm-hmm. that thing. Okay, now we did that thing, right? Mm-hmm. Dan, you, you look like you have a thought. You're um, furring thy brow. Yeah, I, I'm, just, I'm just in the zone, I guess you could say. Like, I'm just soaking <laughs> it all in because, you know, as – as I as I'm getting older and my family's growing and that kind of <laughs> as I'm getting older and wiser and my family's growing and all that kind of stuff, you just really start to think about what's important, you know. And I'm st- I was just going back thinking about like, would I do our wedding the same way? Like I mm-hmm. love be- like I love being the center of attention. I love throwing down. I love when I get to have as many people as possible in a room and packing it and stuff. But part of me wonders like, do like is that necessary? Mm-hmm. Would I appreciate a like a dance floor with like I'm I'm going camping this weekend with one other friend, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like so excited to go and just spend time with this right, like who's at a similar life stage as me and like all that stuff. And it's like, you know, I, I feel like, you know, maybe five years ago you would I'd be so excited about like this massive like trip, like let's get as many people as possible and like let's all mm-hmm. go have fun and whatever. Um, but now like I'm just I, I'm just thinking about like how how i can be more intentional and how uh how this this information um changes like how my wedding was and and how i will ultimately approach other weddings because right now I, I i tend to go after a lot of the city philly weddings but but i also feel like the the approach that i have to weddings in general would like the storytelling aspect of it finding out what's really important to people and and honing in on that would lend itself also to just this very like small, I don't want to say small, but like this intimate, lovely ceremony where people like everything is hand chosen for, for a reason. And Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking like, it's just, it's just making me reevaluate my whole entire life right now. Anyway. (laughs) So, so with that, Alisa, is there a certain personality that you have found? um, So like Dan will tell you time and time again, he loves a spotlight. He loves having that attention and all of that. I'm the very opposite where I love being in the shadows. It's why I do what I do. Have you found that there's a certain personality type that tends to um, go the route of micro weddings more than others? (laughs) no that's a tough question no because i think i think about myself too right so Mm -hmm. um you might think that i like to be in the spotlight because i tease my hair up i wear a sequin (laughs) gown Um, all day every every day of the week (laughs) Um, but if you look at the ceremonies that i officiate they're not about me Right. I'm just a conduit for this couple's stories and their hopes for the future. Um, when I turned 40, so my big birthday, I spent all of 39 planning my 40th birthday. Right. So everyone is like, whoa, you're kind of a lot, Elisa. <laughs> right. When I would tell them my dream for my 40th birthday and um, I had a I had a live band karaoke tribute concert okay so i had a band they had like a hundred songs ready to go that they were going to play live and i asked my friends to perform a song in my honor for my birthday right so that's kind of that's kind of extra that's see that feels like <laughs> that feels like your energy dan um and i at the party i reserve the right to sing backup 
for during anybody else's song, right? So like there's a permanent microphone there for me. <laughs> I don't think that micro weddings are just for people who are private or introverts. Um, and I don't think that they're just for people who are very outgoing either. I think they're for people who are secure in their in their relationships, right? And they don't feel like they have to do what's expected, right? Um, and they also, for the most part, um, prioritize visual beauty, right? They want it to be a special location that they're tying their story to. Um, yeah, what else did I want to tell you about that? Oh, oh yeah. okay. <laughs> So the, one of the first couples who had a 20-person party here, a uh, ceremony, was last August, Ashley and Josh. And they had met on the dance floor of a Philadelphia New Year's Eve party, right? They say that they fell in love between the beats. And this is several years later, and Ashley was about to start vet school, right at the end of the summer and she needed um to get vet insurance and being married before then was going to make everything way easier than trying to change her name a year into this process right so um she was a guest at another wedding that i had officiated two years before for her one of her best friends and her best friend said oh Elisa has this property up in the Poconos and why don't you check it out? So they signed up, they did their micro wedding here. All the while, the parents of the couple kept saying like, uh, you're still going to have your big, big wedding, right? You're still going to have this thing that all, all of our friends and family expect for you to have. Mm -hmm. um, and so they had a date planned a year from then right? That they were going to have this huge, big something. And um, yeah, so we did their micro wedding. Nobody in their family knew what that was, right? They just thought this is some newfangled, weird, weird thing. And like, okay, whatever, they're going to do the real wedding next year. Um, anyway, they did their ceremony here. It was very sweet. It was just their families um, and the two best friends. And then they left. This was before I started to let people stay for gatherings after the ceremony. They left to go um, to a local restaurant, this great pavilion at a brewery. And she texted me, the bride texted me from their reception dinner saying, our parents just told us with tears running down their face that we don't need to do another wedding ceremony next year. What they just witnessed and what they were just a part of was so real that why would they want us to try to recreate that for show later on, right? So I, I'm getting goosebumps now just thinking about how powerful um, that desire for so many of us is to please our parents. I was just thinking about that um, Mulan song, which is always in my head. Please bring honor to us. Please bring honor to us. Please bring honor to us all. Right? And so... It's a great song. If, if you're thinking like, okay, how can I bring honor to my family? 
and you're creating it in that way of like what you think they expect from you. When you have new information, right? There's a new way to do this that actually gives you better results, right? As far as your relationships and your memories and your experience and the types of things you're able to do. Um, Yeah, I, I think that that's something that everyone struggles with no matter your age. Um, but if you're able to have like personal boundary around yourself as an individual and as an adult, a marrying adult, then, um, you can say, mom, I'm doing this thing, this newfangled thing. It's called a micro wedding and it's going to be a really intense experience and you are going to be a part of it. You're not going to just be person in the audience watching this happen. Your, your participation is um, central to us doing this. I think that that is a really powerful um, exchange and conversation that people are starting to have more now, especially when they're paying for their weddings themselves. More people who are getting married, they're professionals. They have an income, right? And so they can start making the decisions that they know are right for them. And the more people talk about this option as a dignified, beautiful, um, desirable way to do this in a thoughtful way, um, I think more, I think that's a good um, public service announcement that you guys are doing. So I guess uh, to address, if you're listening to this episode to our lovely ringers um, and you have this big, beautiful wedding planned and you're hearing this going, oh no, are we doing the right thing? I definitely encourage you to take the information that we are sharing with you and talk to each other about what points are hitting you. Because if you are committed at this point to a large wedding, first of all, that is wonderful and a beautiful thing, right? Because how often in your life are you able to bring all of those people together for a happy reason? We've said that time and time again. But also maybe look at, oh, but how can we also make this very um, intentional for them and for us as we go through it too. So I don't want anybody listening to be like, are we doing the wrong thing? Cause you're not, <laughs> you, you, you've gone down the path that you've decided to go down for a reason. Uh, Dan and I are always of the camp that we just want to share as much information as we can with you and show, um, uh, <laughs> peel back the veil that there are other routes you can take that aren't, shameful or something that you need to well we're doing this and just hear me out this is what it's gonna Uh be uh you can say it with pride and you can be really um happy and 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 full of joy with the event that you're planning regardless of size and all of that so Mm -hmm. my heart is so full listening to all this stuff um (laughs) i think with that said um alisa how can couples find out more about both your services as a celebrant as well as more info on promise ridge and we're going to share these in the show notes for you guys as well yeah so danielle i don't want anyone to think or get the impression that i only do elopements and micro winnings that's true that's that's maybe half of the ceremonies that I do. The other half are these big, huge wedding ceremonies and full blowout parties at Mm -hmm. really cool, amazing venues. So um, what I do as a celebrant is the same. 
Um, And that is to create um, and celebrate a unique community of people who've come together for this couple and help to sort of channel their goodwill towards whatever the couple is hoping for for the future. So that role that I play as an officiant, as a celebrant, is the same, whether it's elopements or 400 people, weddings with the senator in the audience. Um, My role also, I guess, it's kind of like a venue, right, with Promise Ridge. That's Mm -hmm. different. I I don't do that when I'm at the big, huge wedding. Um, people can find out about um, my work at my website, which is my name and my title. So alisatongcelebrant.com. And that's Tong with two Gs. Um, there's a tab on my website called Elope that is all about Promise Ridge and mm. um, what, how I, I try to make it as turnkey as possible here. So um, I only book within the year. I'm not booking 2020 dates for Promise Ridge micro weddings because um, that goes against the values of what I want Promise Ridge to be like for people. I want it to be a low stress situation where you could have the most amount of joy as possible. And I feel like if you're planning a micro wedding and you have um, an 18 month wait, you're setting yourself up to not have joy. Yeah. So I try to restrict um, <laughs> some of those choices that you would have at a huge venue um, by just making the in-house default choice be something that I know is going to be lovely um, so that people don't have to have a million different um, decisions to make. Um, but yeah, I have all the stuff about Promise Ridge on my website, stuff about the ceremonies that I create are also there. Um, Weddings, funerals, um, baby blessings. Next week, I am doing a blessing for an Airstream. I have a friend who's who's finally got permission and found this beautiful 30-year-old restored, shiny Airstream trailer that is being dropped off to her place. And I was like, can I please do a blessing for this Airstream? So I do all sorts of ceremonies that help take things that people are happy about and make them into like this big moment that gathers everybody else's goodwill and like directs it in whatever area we want to go. So yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for being with us today. I, I can't, Ugh, I, I just can't thank you enough. I think it's awesome. Um, and I think sharing this and just sharing your, you know, wonderful talents and st- ways for storytelling is, um, is really awesome for our listeners. So, and such a, such a beautiful view on life too. So I feel like I feel all the richer for, for just having such a valuable conversation today. Thank you, Dan. Man. Wow. You are just like, you're the conduit of Aloha, aren't you? I am <laughs> spreading it out. You, yeah. you could say that. You could say that. <laughs> I wasn't going to go that far, but I, <laughs> but I won't stop you. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Awesome. <laughs>
Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Put a Ring on a Podcast. Guys, before we wrap up this episode, we just want to take a moment to give like huge shouts and hugs and virtual high fives to all of our Patreon supporters. Your encouragement is the best thing in the entire world, and we're constantly blown away by your generosity. To join this fabulous community of ringers and help us reach our goals for the show, guys, check out patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I, like put a ring on it. There's different options starting at just $1 a month and some really fun things waiting for you like video recordings, hangouts with Dan and I, and a place to have your wedding questions answered. Uh, if money's tight though, we get it. That's all good. You know, Keep enjoying this podcast as our gift to you uh, as long as we need. Exactly. We still love you no matter what. And if you want some more details on anything that we talked about in today's episode, as always, you can find the show notes at putaringonitpodcast.com. And of course, you're more than welcome to connect with us on all the socials. I'm dpnak, D-P-N-A-K on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest. And I'm at Daniel Moyer Photo on Instagram and Daniel Moyer Photography on Facebook and Pinterest. Guys, remember, we are here to help you. But no matter whose advice you follow or what decisions you make, know that your wedding is going to be amazing. Because you rock. Until next time, ringers. Ringers.